I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. The Greenhouse Show on KSL News Radio. Good morning. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria Shaleos, Ton Bettis with you this morning, taking your calls at 801 575 8255. Also, we take text questions at 57500. Ton, our next listener wants to know how best to thin their peaches. They say their tree is loaded with fruit. They want one peach for every six inches to foot of branch. And they're going to leave peaches that are closer to a main branch instead instead of farther out. The reason being, if they're farther out, they have a better chance of weighing the branch down and breaking it. But even thinning to every six inches, they're still going to probably need to get some one by fours or two by fours and cut a V notch in one end maybe put a cotton cloth underneath it to support the branch. They're putting the cotton cloth in there to protect the bark to hold those branches up. All right. Lynn is on the line in Mapleton. Good morning, Lynn. What is your question? Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, go right ahead. Um, My question is we have little tiny grasshoppers just starting in places in our grass. What can we use to knock those out? Well, are they feeding? I used to use Nolock. Now what? I used to use Nolock, but I can't find it anymore. Uh, it's They've had problems for some reason since COVID, and I haven't seen it in stores for a few years. So those tiny grasshoppers, are they feeding on anything predominantly? Well, they're in a part of the grass that may, it looks like they're feeding on it because it, the grass isn't doing very well right there. You could try spraying them or that area with something like permethrin or if you can still find it, carbaryl to see if that would get them. But are you in an area that borders wildlands or fallow fields? No. Okay, good. So I would just go ahead and but spray. But the neighbors have a lot of weeds in their yard. Yeah, and that's probably where they're coming from. So I would just spray where you're seeing them congregating so that they feed on that area. And the when they ingest the insecticide, it kills them. And if you notice grasshoppers, say, on your lilacs or on other particular plants, you would spray those particular plants. Permethrin or carbaryl, if we can find it. If you can find it. And you will probably need to rotate what you're spraying. So you do permethrin and then carbaryl. And then if there's something else available, just to, so that they don't become resistant. How often should we spray that? According to label, but it's probably going to be at least weekly. Can I ask you a question, too, about lawn fungus, maybe? Very quickly, we've got just a ton of people we're keeping waiting here. Something that's tracking, um, it looks like a fungus maybe on the yard, but if you you walk over it, it seems to spread. You may have rust um, fungus. You could look that up. And another one called Ascochyta, and it's A-S-C-O. 
C-H-Y-T-A. Those would be the two I would look at. Thank you. All right, Lynn, thanks for your call this morning. Stephanie and Draper has very sandy soil. Their lawn is mostly dead. She says USU recommended nitrogen. Uh, They have water-wise turf summer select bluegrass Kentucky seed to apply. But she wants to know what the best process is, order and timeline for applying the fertilizer and the seed. This may be a little bit more comprehensive than we have time for, but I would consider contacting their county extension agent. But they're going to need to at least aerate very heavily and then leave the plugs on the lawn and put the seed down and in a sandy soil to get that seed established. They need to may need to water five or six times a day mm. for very short periods to keep the soil moist. And then as they move forward, because sandy soil doesn't retain much water, they're going to water, say, four times a week for 15 minutes because the water travels quite deeply sooner. And they eventually can maybe get that back to three times a week. But in sandy soil, you water more often for a shorter period of time. Okay. And then when would they fertilize? Uh, I would just go on a fertilizer schedule um, of twice a year. But one thing I would do in that sandy soil is put the half recommended rate down. And as I say, applying twice, I would apply four times at half rates because that nitrogen will leach through that sand fairly quickly. Uh, Okay. Clara is on the line in Grantsville. Good morning, Clara. What was your question? Hi, uh, I am wondering, we have these little round potato bugs in our wildflowers, and it looks like they've cut off the roots because the flowers stems are falling over. And I wondered uh, what we could use to get rid of that, get rid of them, because it is a big bunch of them, and they're in the soil under the flowers. They they don't really eat roots. They're decomposers, and so they normally eat uh, dead leaves and decomposing organic matter, but they can get up into the flowers and sometimes feed on leaves and portions of flowers. But uh-huh. if you want to get rid of them, um, they do not like bare ground. And so you could maybe, if you have mulch in there, temporarily remove it, or they will hide inside of newspapers, and you could put out folded sections of newspapers and then collect those in the morning and dump them into a bucket with a few inches of soapy water would be something you could do. We thought about just clearing out all of the plants and having the ground there for a while, but I wondered, did we need to spray anything? Well, I don't know of much registered that will actually kill them. I mean, if you sprayed the plants in there with just a standard insecticide, it may. But Uh. there's something that's not usually included on insecticides because their role in the environment is just to help break down dead organic matter. Okay. We have a dead stump close to the wildflowers. Could they be hiding in there? They definitely could be under the bark. Okay. All right. We'll take care of the stump. All right, Clara. Thanks so much for your call today. Next listener, Ton, wants to know how they can increase their strawberry yield. They say have nice, lush plants, but they get very few berries. Replant them every four or five years in a new home. Okay. Brandon is on the line in Bluffdale. Good morning, Brandon. What is your question? Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. Go right ahead, Brandon. Yes, 
right ahead, Brandon. Great. Oh, you need to uh, turn your radio down. I need down. to turn your radio. Oh, okay. No worries. Um, I have some Alberta spruces that we just barely put in and last uh, summer, and uh, they've already started to die. And I was wondering if it's because of the snow or if it was from dogs coming by and urinating. I'd say it's more likely that it's dogs, especially if it's just on one side where they might see more traffic. Um, snow wouldn't harm the Alberta spruce at all. Okay, that's great. And then we are in the river bottom, so I have thought maybe it had something to do with the soil too. It could. I, I mean, you have fairly it, clay soil that may be a bit salty, so you do need to be very careful with your watering that they dry out a little bit between irrigations because it's very easy to overwater in that soil. Okay, very good. And then last question, I have mint arrows, uh, and this summer, this winter, I didn't, I didn't bind them, and so they got real floppy. Um, it uh, is it okay to use really loose twine and kind of spiral them up and kind of keep the, the branches together as they grow? Uh, you could try that and see if it will retrain them to be more upright. Okay. And if they're loosely tied, it won't harm them for a season. Wonderful. Thank you for your time. You bet. Thanks for your call this morning. Uh, next listener, Ton, says that they removed their sod to Xeriscape and they have a lot of tree roots exposed. They want to know if they can cut out some of those roots without damaging the trees and how far from the trunk can they cut? It depends on the width of the root. If it's a three or four inch root or bigger, they could actually harm the tree. You know, if it's just a half inch root, it's fine. All right. We need to take a break. When we come back, looks like Russell's up next, then Jim. The number to call with your questions, 801-575-8255. Text us 57500. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria and Ton with you for this final segment of the show. We're going to try to get to as many of your calls and questions as we can in the final few minutes here. Gail and Sandy is wondering, is it too late for her to fertilize her lawn? No. Uh, the lawn needs to be fertilized a couple of times through the growing season. And around, if you did not do a pre-emergent, the actual best time in the first half of the growing season to fertilize is right around Mother's Day. So we're right there. And then the other really important time to fertilize is either in mid-September or the late October, early November time. And so you're not, you're perfect. All right. Uh, Russell is on the line in Harriman. Good morning, Russell. What is your question? Thank you for answering my call. Um, I am planning to plant a a gala apple tree. And I was wondering if I needed to have another tree to pollinate it. Uh, you do. There may be enough apple trees in your neighborhood that you don't need to worry about it. But if it's very isolated, it absolutely does need a different variety of apple to act as a pollinizer for it. Okay. Does it have to be another gala or just any No, because the galas are genetically the same 
and they'll just self-abort if they cross-pollinate each other. And so you need to have yeah. like a, a Fuji, Golden Delicious, just another type of apple. Okay. Now, is the Golden Delicious a sweeter apple or is the Fuji? It's quite sweet. Fuji sweet, too. Golden Delicious, I think, is maybe a little sweeter than Fuji. Okay. Well, perfect. I just kind of figured that because we're in kind of a barren area, so... All right, Russell, thanks so much for your call this morning. Next listener, Ton, says their grass doesn't seem to be filling in. They have a lot of white dead grass in spaces. They've dethatched. Do they need to do that again, or do they just need to weed and feed? How can they help this grass grow in more fully? Without having a call, the best I can really tell them is to water correctly so that water's penetrating six inches to a foot into the soil, and maybe a fertilizer application would stimulate the growth. Okay, but not dethatching. Not again. If they've already done it, there's no Don't reason do to do it again. All right. Jim is on the line in Leighton. Good morning, Jim. Morning. Thank you for taking my call. I have two really quick questions. Make it fast. I have a grove of oak brush, and last year uh, I chopped down all of the suckers and everything and then put weed barrier on it. But I didn't get a chance to bring in that the rock that is like permabark. And so now this year it's grown up probably about six inches I just wondered, do I need to go and trim that again before I put the rock in? No, if it's okay. if you can reasonably get it flat with a rock, okay. you're fine. Okay, and then one other quick, in another bunch of my oak, I brought in a bunch of the chip, the wood chips to put down. And in some areas I got it, I haven't raked it out. I got it, it could be like two and a half feet thick. Will that be a problem for those, for the bark on the tree? Yeah, absolutely will be. Yep. Okay. So those trees cannot, even that two and a half feet of mulch on top of the roots will eventually kill the trees. Oh, okay. All right. I'll get it spread. Thank you. All right. Jim, thanks for your call this morning. Let's uh, go to Doug in Kaysville. Good morning, Doug. What was your question this morning? Good morning. Yes, I was wondering, several weeks ago, I planted a couple of rows of corn and nothing came up and I dug through the rows and I couldn't find any of the the seed, but I've got a lot of these just swarms of sugar ants. Do they eat? They can. If the seed is moist, they can. Uh, birds will pick it out too. Okay. Well, I didn't I haven't noticed birds out there, but is it safe to put diazin on with seeds? When you you can. Them? Um, you could go out to some of the colonies and just pour boiling water over the top of them. Okay. And that would but seem I mean, to do it. Can you put the seeds down and sprinkle diazin on, on them? Would that help any? It may. It just depends on if it's registered to do so. You need to make sure that if you still have diazin on, I mean, it's so old, I'd be afraid to use it because it does chemically change. But there are oh. some insecticides out there in, in granular form that you could put down that are registered. Okay. One other quick question. How often should I fertilize tomatoes? Uh, just once, I believe. Download USU's fact sheet, just USU and tomatoes in the garden and any search engine, and it'll give you the time to fertilize. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you so much for your call. I'm going to squeeze Jacob in here. Jacob, you need to know I have just a minute. So what is your question? Thank you so much. It's actually the grass one that uh, someone wrote in about. I have some tall fescue that's just really struggling to make a comeback. 
Um, I am a first-time homeowner, so I don't have any idea. It sounds like I might need to dethatch, or what, what can I do to help my grass? Well, you could take a leaf rake through and see if you can rake that dead grass out to see if it helps, but tall fescue is a little later when it turns green. Mine is just barely greening up like my Kentucky bluegrass. Okay. Sorry, Jacob. We're out of time. Thank you so much this morning for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. If you missed our plant of the week this morning, it was Garden Mums. You can check out an article on the Facebook page. Uh, Just know that Garden Mums are not the same as those mums that you're taking to the cemetery, so they're not going to perform in the same way. We also talked about a weed white top that you can find an article on that is becoming uh, very invasive in our area. And we talked about using mulches. You can find articles on all of those items on the Greenhouse Facebook page. Ton, have a great weekend. You also. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.